The following program is not appropriate for young humans or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. Canadian Pirate Cast has no sponsors and is filmed before a live studio audience. Our backs are sore from sailing all day. Take my horse and come and drown him. You don't have to wall do you much. Welcome to. Oh, wait, are we supposed to pretend to be having a conversation beforehand? Crap. Maybe okay. not this time. I guess not. Welcome to. It's too late. Yeah, it'll be fine. Welcome to the Canadian Pirate Cast subseries at the movies with Gummy Bear. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, in this in this particular series, uh, we want to be talking about movies that Gummy Bear watched, and I watched after her. <laughs> is that as good of an introduction as ever it's it's probably the best intro i've ever heard in my whole life that's you have not heard a lot of introductions then i would say <laughs> the bar may be low there uh quick thank you to our sponsor pew pew for uh our art for the show appreciate that he's a streamer on twitch i think <laughs> i'm not sure don't quote me on that his name is Pew Pew, Pew Pew, though, and he has the most magnificent beard. I must say, that beard is just immaculate, on point, all the time. <sighs> I'm jealous. I wish I could grow a beard that radiant. I know you love his beard so much. It's a really good but beard. But we're here to talk about movies. Uh, we'll uh, do the beard episode another time. 40 minutes of me talking about how much I love his beard. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you doing that. Yeah, just give me some shrooms before that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It'll be a masterpiece. Describe every hair. <laughs> every hair has a story and a tale within that tale telling itself in reference. Our backs are sore from shoveling all day. So, so sit down, sit down. You're doing a live podcast one time and that happens though. You can't stop. Like, what, what if that happens one day? Then I guess I'd have to leave the room. I guess, like, cough really intensely. Yeah. Got the black lung pop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about movies. <laughs> That's totally relevant for talking about movies. <laughs> so what movies are we talking about today, Gummy Bear? Today we are talking about three different movies. They're all very different, except for one thing. They all have female leads. And... I liked them mostly. I thought they were all different in genre, but the same mm. in that they're all a remake of something else. Are they, though? I... Of, you know what I mean, where it's not an original, I guess what I'm saying is the plot is not an original idea. Okay, well. Um, okay, with, with the exception of the middle movie, because that's based in real life, so that's not a plot, that's a story. Yeah. So like exactly I'm, 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 I'm giving I'm giving that one an exception, but the uh the first and last movie are definitely they've been done before and I have a I have a thing I have an opinion about that that mm. I didn't express. But uh intro- introduce these movies though. Okay, here. we're gonna start with um Oxygen, which is probably the newest I think it's the newest movie 
on the list. It just came out. It's a French movie on Netflix. Um, I did rewatch it with French audio because the first time, first time I watched it, Netflix automatically put it as the English dub, and I was about twenty minutes into it when I realized something's off here. So the fact that it took me twenty minutes means that Netflix's dubbing skills have uh, much improved because I remember the first thing that they ever had with an English dub. My friend sent me a trailer, and I said it, it looks terrible. What is this dub? <laughs> yeah, well, that's one thing I noticed is because the uh, the actress in the movie is amazing. She she is a very good she's a very good um, actress, uh, and the uh, the voice actress is not as good of an actress as she is, or the English voice actress is not as good of an actress actress as she is. And to be fair, I'm gonna give credit in doing um doing a voice acting gig for a movie you're not actually acting in. You're just like you're acting you're voice acting someone else's emotions. I understand that's gotta be more difficult. But even with that considered, uh yeah, the French actress is uh her her acting is much better overall. And I actually regret not watching the French the French audio. Um this time around, because uh, I, I know how, how amazing this actress is, Elizabeth Hansen. She's, um... Is that the voice actor? No, that's the that's the French actress. The French actress is Elizabeth oh. Hansen. Uh, she's, yeah. I, I think she's, she's, good. I, she's probably more well-known in France, but I think she's most well-known for North America for playing the um, Jewish-French girl in Inglourious Bastards that burns down the movie mm-hmm. theater. Or at least that's at least that's the first thing I saw her in. Um, I haven't seen her in anything since, but I assume she was an amazing actress. Like she's ridiculous. So I assume she was. Um, I assume she was doing more stuff. Because um, yeah, like I don't know. I I can't find who did the voices. Wait, maybe I can. <laughs> I was trying to look that up too. And originally, when I heard the voice Scarlett Johansson, I just thought she did the English voice dub. No, I can't find that information anywhere. It's really strange. It's probably in the credits of the movie. Like, it would have oh, to yeah, be. Oh, yeah, isn't it? Um, well, we'll find that out later, I guess. That'll be for Corrections Corner in our next episode. Um, so, what's the movie about, though, Gummy Bear? It's, uh, it's, a, a, <laughs> it's a sci-fi movie, and... Are we doing spoilers? This well, yeah. Let's uh, let's say spoilers to bring a movie review because it's well, like you, you kind of review the movie, but you have to say what it's about. You know what I mean in general. So let's do you would do like what it's roughly about, and then the spoilers for a deep dive. So can you give a can you give a spoiler free synopsis? I'm not sure. I, I can. Okay, you go. It's a trapped in a box movie. It's a movie where the protagonist is trapped in a box and the. And everything, the the plot is withheld from, is, is suspended essentially on withheld holding of information. So in futuristic city, sorry, that's my and that's my that's my bitch about this movie. But here, here's what I'll say: <laughs> this, this actress is excellent. I loved it, and this is why I wish I'd watched the French version because it's a new take on it's a new take on a box movie. The audio is, is much better in the French version. Yes, because um, it will set her actual voice and her actual acting and everything, the emotions. 
perfectly sync up with how she's expressing. Yeah. I'd say as a quick last criticism of the English voice actress, which is not exactly her fault either, but her emotion, her voice emotions aren't as intense as the French actresses are on screen at some points during the emotional peaks of the movie. Yeah, it's it was really off-putting. So it was just like it was her voice was not as intense as hers was as as Elizabeth Hansen's was, and that's where I wish I'd watched the French audience, who's English voice actress. Uh, her name is Cherami Lee. Lee. Hmm. What else does she do? Well, as as always, I work for Funimation. <laughs> well, there's only so many voice actresses. And- um. Yep. Yeah. I'd say that's not even her fault though, because like again, just trying to Sailor Moon, anime, but trying to do somebody's faces and emotions when like in real life, you know what I mean? Like it's very, you know what I mean? It doesn't. Uh, there's a thing like that, right? Like you take put on an imaginary character. That's one thing, because your brain just kind of associates that. But like you've seen this actor, friend Elizabeth Hansen, act, and you know, you know what I mean? Just, it doesn't really how she like with her emotions and shit like that. It doesn't really stand up that well. But that's not quite the voice. Oh, she was in Mushi Shi. Oh, yeah. It's like one of your favorites. Just as a random note. Okay. Well, um, so yeah, as a quick synopsis for this movie, though. So, what's the main act character's name again? I, oh, no, right, that's the whole thing. So, a woman wakes up inside of a futuristic medical container, and it's kind of like creepy sci-fi birthing, where she's like covered in this like cocoon stuff is like, coming yeah, up like I thought it was I, I thought the entire movie was gonna be a birthing metaphor because that's what that <laughs> that was that's what that was kind of like but yeah she's it's it's kind of say it was so a little bit okay well okay fine so we'll, we'll well that'll be a thing so that maybe that's it so maybe I was on point so she wakes up in a space hyper space chamber so just imagine if you're like in a I don't know, some kind of in the toaster in the hospital, but futuristic. <laughs> so when you're in that kind of glass case and you're like basically a machine around you keeping you alive, she wakes up in a situation like that. But it's all futuristic and shit and all smooth and sci-fi and polished and there's like, it's all white. Um, but then she doesn't remember who know who she is, where she is or what's happening. So she has to figure out why she's in this container, essentially. Yeah, she has to figure out why she's in the container. So she, and the, because the container's futuristic, it has like screens and she can manage to make phone calls with it and connect the internet and shit like that. So like it can do things. It's basically strapped inside a computer container with no, like no knowing why. But then there's like kind of gross medical shit happening to her too. Like the automated machine is like trying to inject her with drugs and like, would you like to say this? It's like a big scary needle and shit. It's like really creepy. Well, the first 30 minutes is arguably buried. With Ryan Reynolds. Well, that was going to be my first thing. I was, well, that's not the first box movie, but that was like the first mainstream box movie. But I it, I, I think it does a really good job at the beginning of playing on that claustrophobia and the fact that she has no idea what, what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. No, it does it really well. And that's why I'm saying that this movie is like a remake of a concept that's been done. Like, I'm pretty sure, they got, again, I don't, think, I don't think Barry is even the first, like, box movie. Class oh, a box movie. But, you know, it had... Oh my God, this is so sex. boring, honestly. I know. Well, th- that's what I mean where I'm saying this is actually interesting, though, because she actually has, like, she's in a box, but she has a lifeline where she can connect to the internet. And she can't actually... 
it's more futuristic and like yeah so that's where oh sorry go ryan reynolds knows who he is I'm... beautiful man i'll eat sushi off those abs <laughs> with no chopsticks no hands <laughs> just <laughs> face plant dead suffocated even if it was a fresh corpse. <laughs> Actually, no, not fresh corpse. It's not like food. It's fresh corpse. It'd be gross. So, either way. Point... Clearly, the person who buried Reynold, Ryan Reynolds um, just wanted him to die so that they could then dig him up and eat sushi off of his abs. Wow, that was elaborate. Sure, if he'd asked nicely, he would have said yes. He seems like <laughs> a pretty cool guy. So, yeah. Um, and uh, the whole thing with this movie is, yeah, her trying to figure out her identity. But what's interesting about it is, yeah, that internet connection. Her, she's able to call the police and kind of do a thing. And she's trying to figure out if people are fucking with her or if, like, they're telling you the truth and who's on her side. She's in this tiny case, essentially. So it's really... That's where I'm saying it's more interesting than a typical box movie, but it's still, like, a remake of that kind of thing. It looks really pretty, though. And the actress is amazing. Because I don't think a lot of actresses could handle just being like literally just like in one tiny place for okay with the exception of like the flashbacks and shit like that because there's like there's flashbacks to get got flashbacks so you care about oh those my God, all the disgusting rats uh oh man it was those tree petal things those fallen things i was wondering what that payoff was going to be <laughs> that was though we'll get into that though so yeah there's these flashbacks of her and her husband and you kind of, you know, you just know she has love, but you don't know what happened to him, and all this kind of mysterious stuff. And then she has weird flashbacks of him being sick and shit. And then you see weird things too, like with rats. There's, or what was the thing with, oh yeah, like the very opening scene in the movie is like a rat in a giant maze. Mm -hmm. So your first thought is even just like, oh my god, like lab experiments. So it's almost like mm -hmm. the entire movie too, you're wondering, it's actually interesting where you're also wondering like, Maybe she's like in an experiment, right? And they're just testing to see how she reacts to things. You know what I mean? Like she's there doing an experiment to find, figure out something about her or like about the human condition or something. I definitely thought it was going to be like malicious. Like she did something wrong. Mm. Like because there was a quick pop up of something on the screen when she was looking at stuff about herself, about like ethical, yeah, ethical stuff. And um, so I thought like maybe like she pissed someone off. Yeah, well, that makes sense in the end, and we'll get, we'll get to spoilers, but yeah, so, like, the, yeah, you're right, we're kind of, it, it just kind of leads you to, again, it, it's because it has that internet access, you're able to kind of more, like, okay, yeah, she, she can, she can realistically figure out what's going on, um, because how could Ryan Reynolds do that in a crate, you know what I mean, if that's what, with a cell phone? With a cell phone. Well, yeah, but when was that movie made? Cell phones weren't what they were net then. Like they were when that movie came out, they were like flip phones and flip phones and mm, shit. It wasn't that bad. It was like twenty ten. Oh, that movie came out twenty ten. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck off! I thought that came out in early two thousands. Either way, backtrack though. Yeah, let's do that. Let's check it out when Buried came out. But my point though is that yeah, so okay, if you had a phone like that, I guess it could. But again, the whole sci-fi thing of it makes it a bit more yeah, interesting. Yeah, twenty ten. Oh, nice. Okay, I was wrong. So then it's definitely that movie. Like, why did he have such a shitty box? Well, that's what I mean, though, where it wouldn't be interesting if it just came in a box. It. I just, I don't remember it. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. I did that math right. <laughs> so yeah, like, I think, I think this kind of, so the, I think this kind of box movies are tricky because only, you only have a small amount of actors that could kind of do that kind of thing, though, right? Like, be convincing and interesting for an hour and a half in, like, a box. 
blocks. And it's like just you. Yeah. And it's just you. That's what that's what makes it so impressive. With the, like because this, this this movie was like about hour and a half, typical hour and a half length roughly, and in that time frame that you take, there's like a, maybe a total of seven minutes of scenes of her and her husband of like random flashbacks scattered throughout. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like that's what I mean. We're getting like 80 minutes of just you and a camera and that's it. So that's kind of like where these movies can be boring, but they need to have like, the, they need to have like a high tier actress, actor in them too at the yeah. same time. Like you need an Elizabeth Hansen for this kind of a thing. So... What did you think about, so, what do you think about the reveal before we go into spoilers with it? Like, what did you think about the reveal? Like, did you like it or dislike it? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was, like, it was um, so surprising. And then, like, it's like, oh, we're we're doing a, a box movie where she's just trapped and we don't know what's going on. And then it's like, actually, every single sci-fi trope, here you go. And it was fun and I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I I liked it, but and uh, so my biggest criticism we'll get to the very end is this movie because it could like, but it's yeah like I like the I did like the reveal I thought it was really kind of like I thought it was interesting. Um, there's a couple things though that pissed me off though with it where there's a couple moments in the movie that are like jump scares that don't have to be where they just have like the mm-hmm. loud blaring music. Just dumb. That was like I don't know who the fuck. So cheap. I feel like some. I feel like there's some asshole making this movie on the committee. And he had to have his idea fucking heard, and he's like, "Oh, do add some loud music when they do this." Like it would have been like silence would have been fucking scary. Good body with a hole through. Yeah, exactly. Why? Why is it like that? Yeah, <laughs> it was like when they show that quick shot, and we'll we'll go into that in the spoilers. But yeah, that like the jumps they they do like twice in the entire movie, and it's not necessary. It's not even like much of a jump scare, but it's more of like a reveal, loud noise. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking uh, I just hate it let's end the trope movie directors stop with jump scares nobody fucking likes them except for more uh, more need to watch movies too though but I don't know people, some people really like jump the, scares actually some people are fucking idiots though did you hear that study that I just made up yeah well I mean I used to go to the theater and watch horror movies all the time and yeah. they would always be really bad but people are always in the theater going screaming their heads off at the theater <laughs> I, I, the dumbest parts and i know and i you know like i don't um, I don't blame them i don't blame them that's what those parts are in there for i don't think that they're well that's the thing too i don't think that so to be fair i don't think those people are stupid like obviously like i'm just i'm just making jokes but yeah. what i have my actual thing with the jump scare though is that it's like a startling thing like you could put a you could put a loud noise behind kirby fucking kirby or i don't know the potter oh god um paw patrol does that paw patrol pop on the screen with like a huge like me like yeah, it's always really loud. It scares the shit out of you because it's like it's, it's a noise because they go it goes back to that old horror movie trope. I think I think the creepy violins. I don't well I don't know who said this. It might have been Hitchcock, but it was some famous horror movie director that said if you're scared during a horror movie, cover your ears, not your eyes. Unless it's a gore fest, which is another horror movie cop out, but I'm gonna talk about that right that, now. That is, but no, I stand by the I stand by this thing I saw in a movie in a TV show once. That it's a terrible TV show, but it actually has a good point about a thing, which it was fucking the about a boy TV show, which was terrible. But there's a point where this kid is scared to like watch a movie. He's like, oh, like my first scary movie. He's terrified of it. So his friend, adult, the adult friend, or the American Hugh Grant. That's not. Yeah, I know he's actually the American Hugh Grant. He uh, he gives him like an iPod with like. The thing and then like so the kids watching this terrifying horror movie and he's like listening to roller coaster 
And it's just kind of like, yeah, like if you play that behind any scary movie, even Hostile, I think it'd be kind of funny. Um, it's like so gross, but you know what I mean? But the biggest thing is the movie and the reading and the thing. And I think that's like a part of a human condition. That's like a human reaction thing. So that's where I just hate jump scares because it's just like you could do that to anything. So it's just a very cheap, easy startle. So it's not even a scare. It's like a startle. Like to me being scared is like when you watch a movie I look and I look under my bed when I'm still in my late 20s and I'm terrified of something under my bed. That to me is a good scary movie because it had a permanent <laughs> effect. I don't, I don't think about that about jump scares, which is my bitch about them. Uh, so we want to go into spoilers though now? Let's do it. So, reveal! Everyone's a clone with transplanted memories going to colonize a planet because Earth is fucked. That was a very succinct way to put it. Uh, would you have a better way of putting it, Gummy Bear? Probably not. So, yeah, the whole reveal is that she's not being punished. She is a clone that woke up on this giant spaceship. Okay, I want to bitch about the spaceship. Okay, no, not really. I guess not really, but it was like... Some- <laughs> When they first reveal the spaceship, and this is when it kind of pops up, and that the jump scare, because she is able to see outside of a container, and then there's like a body with a hole in it, and it goes, that's <laughs> cheaply. But then you see the spacecraft, and she's like, they're just above Earth, which is why she's still good Wi-Fi. And uh, it's futuristic. She only has ten minutes left of Wi-Fi, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, the entire movie, too. The whole point is she's running out of oxygen. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's... It's called oxygen. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um... We, I can't believe we went the entire movie and didn't go through that. She has a... a Clock is ticking because she has so much oxygen. And that's oxygen why she woke left. up because something's wrong with her oxygen processor. Yeah. Um, anyway, though. Oops, these... we forgot about the main point. Wow, that was, that was <laughs> We're really great at movie reviews. It's our, it's our very first movie review, though. <laughs> so, that aside, oh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, though, so that that happening, though, and then you see the spaceship, and it's like this giant cylinder that looks like a like kind of a fishnet that's like all thin and stuff like that with a big like weird like separated propulsion system it's all like looks really tricky and your entire my entire my first thought was like how the fuck are you gonna land that like i'd see nothing on there that looks remotely landable like i'm just so curious about that which they get to in the end they reveal in the end but when you first see it you're just like how the fuck would that land how did that launch like it's so many questions because it looks like a flimsy net but Anyway, yeah, so yeah, so it turns out she's the scientist that designed this whole process to clone people and transport memories, which is like, oh, that's why there were ethical concerns about her stuff. So that kind of makes sense. Um, and then she's able to, and then the same reason, too, why everything's all hush-hush and being manipulated with her is because they are trying to, the Earth is, like, ending. Like, Earth is over in, like, a year or something like that. I didn't like how they do mention that there's yeah, the world the world is human. The human race is about to die because of some virus, um, and the husband had died from it. Probably like you assume, like twenty or thirty years prior to where we are now. Oh yeah, because she's like an old woman. That's a little reveal too. That she finds pictures of her. As she's an old at least woman. like sixty because her mother is still alive. Yeah, um, but she's an old lady and she's young in the cocoon though. She's young in the space. The clone cocoon. is young. Yeah, that's why it's like, oh, what the hell? Why is she old? Continue though. Yeah, and. But they never, like, I, w- I would have liked to know a little bit more about the virus. I know that's not the point. But, like, what is the, what is it? Coronavirus had, like, that's been mutated four times. He had, like, he was, like, coughing blood in one scene. And then, like, <laughs> he, also, he also, like, it almost looked like cancer, but he had lesions all over him. And just was like, okay. But what? I don't, what I was it? I, I didn't mind that, though, because, like, Why so. Is it, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to end the human race. 
but slowly? Like, that's what here, is confusing. Here's why I didn't mind that, is because the biggest criticisms of us and, oh god, Get Out, are that Jordan Peele tries to, like, interpret everything, make everything too literal. Like, here's how they literally, like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for these two fucking movies we're not even talking about. Okay, so I don't want to go into that, actually. Fine. Anyway, though, but the point is, though, in these both, in these two movie horror movies, which are fantastic, he does, like, a explaining thing, like, here's exactly how it happens and does, and it just makes it, like, no, you don't have to. Like, it's scary enough just having this. Like, you don't have to explain every little thing, because then you get into, like, the, okay, well, that's just silly. You know what I mean? So I, I don't mind that they didn't explain the virus, because, like, they didn't have to. It wasn't important. The important thing is, because... They could just be wanting to know everything. They, and, you know, the only reason why it was a virus is because coronavirus was a thing this year. If this movie had come out fucking after a tsunami, it would have <laughs> been global, That's why they had to it make it just one warming. actress, because COVID restrictions. Yes, that's exactly why. And that's... And the, the little thing about her husband actor is that he actually got a really rare version of COVID. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> so God. I don't remember what I'm year kidding. it was supposed to be set in. Um, it's whatever. It's the future, though. That's you just know it's the future. Um, future. And I want to say too, though, there's one thing that freaked me out in the movie as like going more into. She has all these medical devices. So you find out, sorry, that she's a clone. They're gonna go colonize the planet. So all these like weird medical devices in her, like this weird hook thing in her stomach and a bunch gross of needles. Like, oh god, that grossed me out. Like a needle thing in her foot and her hand, she's gonna jam it all back in. She rips it all off. Like the part of the intensity of the movie is like her ripping this these needles out of her, and she has to put them all back in because she has to get ready for, like, hypersleep because they're going, like, light years away. So she's, like, being semi-cryogenically frozen. So, yeah, it's, like, every scientific trope. There's clones, memory replacement, everything. cryogenic, space. space, cryogenics, everything. Human race ending. Desire from a fucking disease. All of it. That freaked me out, and those were, like, really tense, and that's kind of where, this is, like, a little bit, it's, like, a thriller, it's, like, a thriller movie because it's not, like, a horror, but, like, thriller. Which is again why those jump scares are even less necessary because it's not a it's not a horror movie; it's a thriller. Um, and then the whole movie ends with her; she's able to figure everything out. She's able to divert oxygen from other cancers. Oh yeah, right. Because the whole thing gets set off too. Because the thing gets hit by a fucking meteor. That was the other thing too. The me- a meteor hit a meteor Before hits it. leaving Earth's orbit. Also, yeah, but that's what I mean. Though, so it got hit with a meteor, and that's what stagnated, it, and that's why her oxygen got reveal her reeled out. So she's able to fix it. Damage control happened. She's able to divert oxygen from tank people that died, that were clones that died to her thing. She figured it out and got to it. Got her needles back in, and then they go off, and they're able to colonize another planet. And then, like the last shot of the movie is her with her husband, who he's cloned to, I guess. And then they live on this new planet, and they have a cool. They have two sons, which looks really cool. Or like, no, it was like a planet in the background and sun. Do you think that the ending was a little abrupt with that little clip of them on the planet? And like, I'm wondering, like, okay, do you think that that was real, or do you think like she just didn't make it, and then that was like her dying, like? I think they made it. Brain. I think they made Brain. it because, well, I think they made it because that's the whole the last the last thing they talk about. Because she just like asking them to how they're gonna land right before the planet. And this is like as she's getting drugged and getting put back into like cryo sleep. Is they explain that the pod, the spaceship is gonna shatter above the atmosphere, and then you know those little leaves that like twirl down off of trees and shit. Sure those are maple seeds. Maple seeds, yeah. So that's, and throughout all these flashbacks, you see a lot of maple seeds falling down. You're like, what the hell is the relevance of that? So that's the design of these spaceships. So they kind of, they flutter down to safety and then the bits are everywhere, but people just regroup and shit like that. So it's kind of like the last 
five minutes of the movie are like, here's how it's all going to work out, and here's why it's going to work out. This is all fine, and this is, like, the planet. So they kind of just, like, I think that the... I think that was just, like, confirming it, because it was just kind of, like, saying that... I don't know, it tells her all that stuff, too, and it's like, here's why it's all She fine. only has, like, 1% oxygen left, and then but has to put her into cryosleep to then fix the safety thing to redivert oxygen. So then when she's in the cryosleep... Presumably, she's not using that last one percent of oxygen, and it was supposed to take like ten days or something for the computer to do that. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, okay, she only had one percent left, and it took her a little while to fall asleep. I was like, did she really make it though? That well, was kind of my speculation. I guess, but you can kind of like the thing is, I would say that. The last shot is not, I don't know, like, could, you could make the argument for both, I would say. It's kind of maybe, but you can kind of do that with anything, right? Because if they, if they hadn't had that shot, you'd be debating that either way. That's true. So I think that shot really doesn't make a difference in that. So then maybe they put the shot in so they could be like, no, she did. That's kind of what I'm saying, right? So, like, people could debate either way without that shot. So maybe that also, that last shot, that's maybe, fair, yeah. maybe that's something they added, they added at the very end, being like, oh, people aren't going to get it. Okay, here, put the shot in so they know. Maybe people in test groups didn't get it <laughs> that's another thing too they fucking because they test group every goddamn movie nowadays like no matter what because you have to make they it through test, they've been testing every movie for a long time what <laughs> <laughs> anyway i so, think that's i think that's going to end up being a big factor in the third movie we're going to talk about probably so but anyway though so you're finishing on this movie though here's my so here's my bitch about box movies and this is my biggest bitch about this movie because once you kind of figure out once the reveal happens here is my um here's my thing so they have um all box movies suffer from the same flaw is that they depending on the withholding of information and that's the entire Mm -hmm. like strength of their plot is not holding things and some things you almost make sense like ryan reynolds getting buried in the desert by some I don't know, for whatever stupid reason and him trying to figure it out you could argue that like okay there's a reason for him not to know why he's doing it because somebody wants him like to to suffer before he dies mm-hmm. on this case though they she's able to like override things in the computer by being like oh i'm this director and they pick up her like oh yes you're the designer of this you have a little bit more authorization for this shit so it's kind of like I guess it kind of bit focuses on her amnesia as to why not, but then at the same time, are you telling me that this is like a Hail Mary for the human race, like everyone's going to die, so this is the Hail Mary task to make sure humans colonize another planet, and they're not going to have a backup plan for if a meteor in our very junky space atmosphere, because like, our, right now our atmosphere has so much hard shit, and like, Neil deGrasse Tyson bitches about it all the time, with <laughs> the amount of junk in our space atmosphere. So you're telling me that we launched this project and didn't think about a backup plan if something from fucking space accidentally dinged it. Yeah. Like, they didn't even, like, hit it. it it's not even, like, a big meter. It's like, they got hit by, like, a fucking... They got a bumper dent on the, the equivalent of that in space. So you're telling me there wasn't a backup plan for that. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, she has this directive protocol in church. You can't remember who she is. But, like, this could have been immediately solved by, like, hey, emergency protocol. You're on this thing. Your memory's going to take a while to come back because it's transferring. So here's what the thing is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that in a futuristic setting, it could have been solved in five minutes. And then you wouldn't have a movie. So that's kind of where this was a very interesting Fox movie, but at the very end, it suffers from kind of the worst of that flaw because she was able to connect the internet and stuff like that too. And it's almost like if she was in the middle of space, it would have made more sense because she wouldn't have had any connection to anything. But still, why isn't there a backup video on that? This is like a oh emergency protocol. This is going to broadcast to all things and explain what's up and what you have to do or what can be done. 
I'm just saying, if it was like a Hail Mary pass for humanity, you you like you, there would be a backup plan. There should be at least. Oh, you got you got a hairball, Tippy. Spark it up. Projectile vomit. See, Tippy, this is Tippy agrees with me about box movies. This is the cat agrees. So, uh, anything else on the on that movie? Gummy bear? No. No. That was all. Um, that was all. I really. Had. Oh, right. we talked about it being like a birthing metaphor at the beginning, though. Do you think that kind of tied off though? Because maybe it almost even tied it, where it's like she's in the womb fighting to survive, and then she was birthed onto that planet. I don't think so. I think uh, I was like originally. I was like I thought it might be a birthing metaphor, and maybe it can be, but I think it was just like no. Nah, it's like it was the preservation cocoon. It was all that kind of stuff, you know. So yeah. I think it was. I think I think it was just like it was just a scary box movie. It was good though. If you watch it, watch it with the French audio. It's better. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we take a just a quick transition here to our next movie? Yeah. Okay. Well, what would you rate it on a scale of seven hundred and forty-nine? How many points would you give? Oh, man. 749. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's uh, quite the scale you have. Mm -hmm. I... Jeez. Uh... <laughs> First thought. Just, like, don't even think. I would instincts. give it a 650. 650? Okay. That's solid. Um, coming back. In a normal in a normal scale, I would, I would probably give it about an 8.5. Coming to... Coming back to... Uh... Our next uh, movie after this will be uh, Adrift. Uh, stay tuned. I pass our swords from shoveling all day. So sit down, sit down, sit down. And we are back. Here to talk about Adrift. On At the Movies with Gummy Bear. Best show around the, mo the, the number one <laughs> nominated island pirate based movie award show as nominated by me on the pirate movie review board selection committee <laughs> gummy bear the next movie the drift yes it is it is a true story survival movie um, that also has a twist. Sort of, yeah. It, it totally. <laughs> so that's why I say that uh, there'll be a spoilers and non-spoilers part of this section. Yeah, so it's based on Tammy Ashcraft, who, with her boyfriend, sailed into one of the most catastrophic hurricanes ever recorded. <laughs> and then survived and had to find her way back to land on a shitty broken ass boat hmm. that's uh yeah that was it it was scary survival movies are always scary because they're regular they're these regular people put into these situations where now you have to you have to like live off the land and stuff, you know? 
or like or like survive on the, on the rations and such. Have you seen the movie Jungle? No. Um, it's also a survival movie hmm. that is really good. Probably better than this one, honestly. But it's got Daniel Radcliffe in it. Okay. And um, it is based on a real thing that happened, and the guy who it happened to like filmed with them. And um, I would recommend that one maybe for another time, but hmm. it's really good. Um, it's kind of reminded me of that, except we have sort of like a love story going on at the same time. Yeah, so what do you, uh, so yeah, there's her boyfriend too. And this is, uh, so as I guess that's so we should say in, in the movie, the main actress is Shaley Woodley, who I was, I didn't know she's still doing stuff, so that's cool. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything before. So. Are you serious? She was like, she was like the Jen. She was like the different. She's another Jennifer Lawrence type. They put her like in the Insurgents trilogy or whatever, Divergent trilogy. Sorry. I don't even know what that is. Oh God. Okay. So you wait. How? So you are you serious? Oh my God. Okay. So I love Shane Woodley. She's like she's adorable. So she the first movie I saw her in was The Spectacular Now with Miles Teller. Um, this is like a teen indie movie. That was just really, I don't know, it really touched my heart back in the day. Um, I've literally never heard of this series so far. Yeah, well, it's not as good. See, it's basically like, it's like a Hunger Games, Maze Runner, teen dystopia genre. Teen, it's teen dystopia genre. It's like its own genre. Oh. There's Hunger Games, there's Maze Runner, there's you mean just, Divergent. Uh, the many Lord of the Flies adaptations? <laughs> I wouldn't see. I'm not sure those are all Lord of the Flies adaptations because Hunger Games. They is, are with how they are. I think Hunger Games is closer to Running Man. <laughs> like honestly, if you if you really want to go there, um, but either way, whatever. Just say teen dystopia, right? It's teenagers in a dystopia, and they have romance and shit, and they have to pick between two sides. Usually, it's between she has to pick between two dudes. Is the thing. So. I don't know, and I, like I didn't ever watch. I saw the first Divergent movie, I think, where somebody took dragged me to it. But it's yeah, they're all the they're all the same in my opinion. They're all not very interesting. So, but like you know what I mean. So it was kind of like she, but it was like that three movie trilogy where my sure Maze Runner got finished. So it was like that was she was the face of the, that trilogy. So I didn't after that though I didn't know what she was really doing. So this is the first thing I've seen her in since then, and I was like, oh, I'm just happy Shaley was at least still doing stuff. She's she's a good actress. I like her. I don't like Jennifer Lawrence anymore because, like, I know what she's like now. I don't know. She just Hollywood uh, actors—they're—they're a type. You just don't get attached to actors. Nah, <laughs> now you shouldn't. You shouldn't because, like, most of them are kind of jerks. Why bother? Most of them are kind of jerks. Enjoy them in their movies. Why bother? I just—I don't. It's because they're treated like gods, demigods, and not men. Not their air filtering masks. <laughs> so, anything else to say about this movie, though, or, uh, or the progression of it? Because like, I liked how they kept going back and forth, kind of in time, to like her surviving and then showing the past of like how she met the dude, and then like okay, and then it's back to her surviving, and then it's oh shit, here's where they're gonna go on the boat trip, and then it's back to her surviving, and then it's like oh shit. Back to the where you finally get to the like hurricane part is like oh here we go, and I thought I thought that was really I liked how the way that they did that mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't boring it was I liked it it's, that can be done terribly sometimes so 
Well, that's what I mean, where I was not, uh, this movie, this again was, I thought it was going to be a background movie for me, because survival movies are like slow burns, and it's hard for me to get into them. And they, so, but this was, I was actually like really interested in this one, and um, I liked, again, I agree with you, where I liked the uh, the dipping back and forth too, between her meeting them, and how they end up traveling on a boat, and stuff like that, and these circumstances. Because, I don't know, there's, uh, I just, I don't know. Um, and I kind of like the, uh, again, like her taking care of the boyfriend and shit like that too. Like, cause he, she finds him stranded in the water and she brings him back and then like they're surviving for the both of them and she's eating canned spam, even though she's a vegetarian, which is like, I think that they can hang you for that if you're a vegan. And she ends up going fishing. Oh God. Actually, I love that. I love watching her fish. That was actually badass. I thought she was cool like that. I love watching Scared her do all the badass things though. It would be like, oh, well. I would die in this situation just immediately, like right away. (laughs) So yeah, she was like, no, they, she was cool and confident, but it's hard to, it's hard to talk a lot about this because it was like, this movie is not really super intricately plot based. It just like survive. Yeah. And I mean, it's based on a true story. I did. Um, yeah, we, yeah, sorry. (laughs) On April 1st, I was going to say, I think that freaked me out though. What, what helped me with the terror of the movie, but you go. No, you go ahead. Okay, it was when they were, because if you think about it, like, when you think about the real situation of being stranded in the middle of an ocean on a tiny boat with limited resources, um, she can sail to try to find help, but they're, like, going between a long distance. So there she pinpoints, like, okay, we got to get try to find Hawaii. And that's kind of like, so you have to roughly estimate where they are after a storm. Like, after a storm has happened, where they could possibly be. Huge storm. They're surrounded by water. So, like, if you're in the middle of a giant blank slate, blue slate, how do you distinguish where you are in that blue slate, roughly? You can kind of tell. Um, and But maybe, maybe they have a compass, too, to figure it out, actually. But just, yeah, yeah they imagine. have, like, a gauge. So yeah, something like that. Do math or but then it's kind of when they think about, like, okay, so we aim for Hawaii, we can roughly make it this way, but if we miss it, then the next thing is Japan. And then that's kind of, like... So you basically, though, so it's... You think about those odds of trying to do that, it's all like fucking crazy and shit. Um, so it's like, that's right, that's where it gets really scary though, where you think about like, yeah, how would you do that? Like, if that was you in that situation, like, and maybe mind you that they're, uh, they're sailors, so again, they have a bit more of that on there, but just it's think- definitely implied that he is, he was like, um, more like experienced. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, and that she, general. she had a boat, but like, you know, she's, relatively new at it and Mm -hmm. doesn't had never gone like way out into the ocean yeah that's true too that was that was well portrayed as well go either way so uh do you want to get to spoilers though the movie Mm -hmm. okay so um do you want to reveal it or you want me to Right, so after the storm, um, she separated from her boyfriend, and there had been a like a smaller boat, a dinghy on on the sailboat. Um, and she uh, eventually finds him clinging to the dinghy. Um, she ties herself to the boat. She has to go swim out. She has to like drag his very injured body back to the boat. Um, she's taking care of him while also um, trying to 
trying to navigate in and sail the boat, which is very broken. It's very broken. So it's janky and drifting and taking a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, right about when she finds land, it's revealed that he definitely died and was never there. Mm-hmm. The whole time she was just hallucinating that he was there. Yeah. Which is a very life of pie, but it's also what actually happens when you're out there in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Dehydrated, low on food, blood sugar, salt, and all that kind of stuff. Still not sleeping well. Isolated. Yeah. So it was an interesting, uh, yeah, that was like an interesting bit of a reveal twist too. Did we say spoilers before that? We did. Okay, cool. I just want to double check. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, it was, then she ends up surviving. I think, though, I'm wondering about that, that first boat that passed her, did that actually happen, or did that, like, was that they just had that in for dramatic effect? I don't know. Because I know that sometimes, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I know that sometimes these, based on true story, things get modified a little bit, because a boat passes her early in the film, and then she's found by a boat in the end of the film, so and so she and she survives. Well, thank God. Well, luckily. Um, just reading a little bit um about the real person. I guess they tried to they tried to run away from the sail away like but run away from this from the hurricane for three days, but it still got them. Because they were like already way out there in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Because it was like a a whole like month long trip that they were that they had to do, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Uh, I can't find anything about it with, if that boat was real. I bet she has a book. <laughs> That's cool. Um. I was going to say, though, I love the peanut butter scene. That was great. What did you love about it? I just thought it was funny. Okay, sorry. I just love it. Okay, sorry. I didn't say funny because obviously it's arriving, but, like, I don't know why. Just, like, they have, like, they have a jar of peanut butter, and they're fingering. They have, like, taking two scoops and fingering it in each other's mouths. And they're just, it (laughs) it was a bit, like, funny to me. And it's, I don't know, like, I just, because you know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know why. It just. It was, just seemed like a bit out of place. I'm guessing it's because she wasn't really familiar with that boat. It, um, but like I did find it odd how she just kept finding stuff like in weird places on the boat. It was kind of like, well, why wouldn't you just do like a whole search of the whole boat? But then I guess you know she didn't know that maybe this like the cushions came off that couch and well, it's not for the stash or like you know because it wasn't her boat. It wasn't even his boat. So maybe, well, I don't know. What I was going to bring up, too, is that through the movie, too, it's not completely clear about the boat, the nature of the boat, until, like, about a third of the way through the movie when you find out that it, it's not their boat. They're just, they're they're sailing somebody else's boat back because he's an experienced sailor. Um, so that's kind of like, so it's also, again, I don't know, I could say that, because, again, it's, and all that, too, like, I would... I would just chalk it all up to be like you're tanking delirium. There could be a lot of reasons why. There's drama. It's just um, 
overall though, I just think the story though, of like her kind of going through all that. Because I always wonder that too. Like when they make these movies, how often do they have a person that happened to like on set? Like do they always have to do it, or sometimes they just um, take the story? I think it can be both. I think it's usually the movie turns out a lot better if the person's there. Mm-hmm. Um, she apparently worked for five years with screenwriters and that's good. And every and like the production, so that's good. I'm not saying that to be a critical dick. I'm just saying that as an active thing where there are a lot of movies based on true story movies that take a lot of liberties with shit. And I'm not trying to be. Oh yeah. This is survival, so like it's not. It's meant to be a movie telling a story um, with like intensity, but I, then I'm also just like, that's why I was just like, oh, is that one, like on top of that, that ship that passed her, was that the hallucination or is that real? Was also what I was wondering, like things like that, the first one. So things like that in the movie, but it's, I guess it's like the whole thing is her hallucinating too, then that's part of it too, is the psychosis. Yeah, um, she did say earlier on in the movie, um, well, the dude mentions when, it when she figures out where where they are and how far away they are from where they should be. And the the big thing of like, okay, um, if we don't figure out a way to quickly get back, like they're going to die if they don't, because there's, they're not on any like shipping lanes or like, this is where big ships like that would usually even go. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was a hallucination. Right. And they also say, well, they also, this is where, like, the writing is kind of smart in the movie, too, because he says right in the very beginning, like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, when they're having, like, a flirty talk thing about, she's like, oh, you sail? I'm Jaylee Woodley, and I'm so into you because you're a sailor, and sailors (laughs) immediately drop panties because they're sexy men of mystery that sail off into the ocean. I don't know how women think. This is just how I think they think. (laughs) So, but he's just like, then he, I'm I'm, jokes, all jokes, okay? (laughs) Just jokes, people. But so then she says he's like he talks about um being insane or kind of going like hallucinating and kind of going to a bit delirium because you're lower on resources or you've just been alone for so long in the hot sun and salt water and shit like that. So they address that in the first five minutes. That was actually one thing I wondered the entire movie was was like is this all hallucination or how much of this is because they they address that in the first ten minutes. You know like this is the thing if you're by yourself. So and then like so she was by herself and then she found him. So I was like. Not really with him. I thought I honestly thought he was like all there, but yeah, I, I like the movie though. Like I said, it was a, it was a good survival movie because again they suffer from being a slow burn, but this this was an interesting one, and yeah, I thought it was cool. Well, I also recommend Jungle because it's way more intense, and the real guy it happened to was working on it with them, which okay. makes it much more better and accurate. Okay, always. I'm interested in that because, you know, it's always like, again, these movies like, what, Into the Wild is not the controversial one. <laughs> that's what I think about. What is it? That's the one about the rich kid that donated, took the money his parents gave him for school. He donated to charity. He went off the grid, like, cut up his driver's license, buried his license plates, and he wanted to just go live in the wild off nature and shit like that. But he, so he got a canoe and decided to canoe a river, but he fucked up and went down to Mexico accidentally. So he had to work until he could afford to get his way back into the U.S. Or maybe it was like he went down, down in the, no, sorry, he went down, he went down the coast of the U.S. and then had to work at McDonald's uh, to earn money to go back, go back. So then when he finally made his way up north and made his way up to this part in Alaska or the north, wherever the fuck he wanted to go. He found a refuge and was like living off stuff, and then he ended up eating like poisonous potato seeds that can like 
died. Oh my gosh. And when it first came out, it was the book was being held the book was being heralded as like, oh, it's such an inspiring story about this guy that wanted to live off nature. But mm-hmm. in the last few years or last well, last decade, it's been criticized for like a lot of wilderness travels being like there's no reason he couldn't have done this. Like, he could have been talking to locals. He could have been, like, he should have learned about the edible berries in the region before you go there. Like, there was no reason he couldn't have done yeah. this. He just was an idiot about it. Because <laughs> it was an experience. He was, he was just some random dude that was like, oh, that's so cool and inspiring. I'm going to go do that, too. That kind of, like, idealist thing. The same reason why people open up restaurants and then aren't very good at it. The idealism. Yeah. <laughs> it's the idealism, you know what I mean? Of the, oh, we're going to open a restaurant. It's going to be great. Oh, we're going to go live off the wild. It's going to be amazing. Oh, communism will be great. We'll all get along and work together. <laughs> and it'll be a utopia. Like, it's all that idealistic shit where it's like, that's just not how shit hashes out. There's ways to do things, but you got to be more strategic about it. Um, any else? Any other uh, thing, though, before we go to our uh, sponsor? Nope. Okay. Um, well, yeah, so, Adrift, so if you're going to rate it, Gummy Bear, on a scale of 1 to 5, what would you give it? I'm not liking your scaling methods. <laughs> a 4. Yeah, I think that's pretty good, or too. 3.5. I'd say, I'd say 4. Honestly, I agree with that, too. It's a solid survival movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, so, here, today, for our sponsor, yes, Gummy Bear. Sorry, I just I thought of one more thing. Just the way that they do the movie with jumping back and forth, I think that if they had just done it like all in a linear fashion, it would have actually been pretty boring. Yeah, well, obviously, like I think that you need that though because you need to be invested in the character. That's an important part of any of these movies is you have to care about the character surviving for it to matter. Same thing in Oxygen with one like also speaking of like just a single woman and you having it all being dependent on you loving her. I think that Shaylee Woodley has an easier time in this, though, because she's she has him. She's taking care of her sick boyfriend on the boat the entire time, and you want them both to survive, so you have that human can- connection of, like, two people like that with, again, with Elizabeth Hansen in o- Oxygen. She's just by herself in the container, so it's harder to be, like, you want her to survive because you want to know what the hell's going on, but you it's harder to have that human connection. She's still amazing, though. They're, they're both amazing, just to be clear. They're both very good actresses. That's truly all of us. Yeah, I agree. And that, that's, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Like, I, I like that. So, our sponsor today, because we're uh, talking about uh, movies that uh, focus on, or that uh, women, obviously have, like, women leads, we're going to channel the spirit of Ellen Fairclough into Gummy Bear, our uh, pirate ship medium. This is a bit of an introduction to her as a cool Canadian woman. She was the first woman to serve in a Canadian cabinet and was a women's rights activist. She became the Secretary of State in 1957. She was Minister of Citizenship and Immigration in 1958, where she made legislation to make it easier, make the uh, policies for immigration less, um, less racist, I think, is what, like, the general consensus is but that i guess that also is up to opinion for some people but uh she was the um first woman to as an acting prime minister for two days oh yeah <laughs> and um from 1962 to 1963 she was the postmaster general so she she was a she did a lot of stuff which is just i think impressive as just having a rounded out resume i would say 
Anyway, we'll channel her in our segment next. Soon. Pass us from shoveling all day. We're now going to channel the spirit of Ellen Fairplow into Gummy Bear. Alakazam! Hello, Ellen. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Captain. This is a very strange body, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I know. The uh, Don't worry, it's like clean. We washed, the, we washed it and it's been plucked and air dried. Because, you know, obviously for somebody of your stature, we want to make sure that we're channeling you into a proper stuff man uh, of, uh, of good respect quality. Thank you. So I have a question for you. If I can ask um, just a quick question here. What do you think about uh, the movie Oxygen? I'm dead. I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, we appreciate your sponsorship. Thank Wait, you for being dead? with us today. <laughs> That's why I channeled you into a form of... Where, where have you been? We'll find out next time which where what part of the afterlife you have been in. <laughs> um, next time. Thank you for your sponsorship, Ellen. Take care. Be well. Goodbye. Ex- expel from the body. <laughs> and we're back. We're back again. At the movies with Gummy Bear. It's... You know, I was going to try to rhyme, but... <laughs> Doesn't fast we enough. Got a kitty, I'm no rapper. We got a kitty there at the movies with Gummy Bear. Yeah, I usually, uh, usually watch my movies with these lovely little ladies. Because they won't leave me alone. They're both so cuddly. <laughs> so, today, this is our final movie, which is uh, the one, obvious, oddly enough, we have the most to say about for reasons. Because it was janky. Yes, so what was the, uh, what was this movie called, Gummy Bear? The Woman in the Window. It is based off of a book that I haven't read. Although I might. Mm-hmm. I might read it now, because there's a lot that was in the book, apparently, that's totally left out of the movie. <laughs> and even though I've had those things spoiled for me, I'd still like to read it myself. Um, it is a movie, psychological thriller, if you will. Um, about a woman, played by the lovely Amy Adams, um, who is agoraphobic and cannot go outside. Can I say a funny thing is that I always get Amy Adams mixed up with Isa Fisher. Who's Isa Fisher? Isa Fisher is, was the redhead in Wedding Crashers, and now you see me. Oh, what? They don't even look alike at all. They're both redheads. They have such different energy, too. Both redheads. They're all the same to me. I know. Well, like you know, it's not like it's not even like all redheads. Like I, don't I love get, her. I don't. I, I, here's the thing. I like Amy Adams more because Amy Adams is a great actor, actor, whatever actress, actress. whatever, whatever, both things. I don't know, actress. Um, I love her. So that's all I want to say. Though is that's one. I do get her mixed up with Isla Fisher though. <laughs> it's not the same. Okay, it's not Isla. It's Isla. Isla. <laughs> like <laughs> island, you know, kind of like. Oh. Okay. Isla. <laughs> I was like, why are you adding that S in there? I was actually going to put Okay, so I love Fisher. Anyway, continue though with the woman in the window. Right, so she's agoraphobic, and we don't really find out why until later, because that is 
a twisty twist. There's so many twists in this movie, though. There's, like, so many reveals. Yeah, those, some of them aren't very good. Um, she gets some new neighbors, and she witnesses one of them being stabbed. And then nobody believes her. Original thought. Mm-hmm. Original premise. <laughs> She's also an alcoholic. <laughs> Who takes pills. That aren't supposed to be mixed with alcohol. Are any pills supposed to be mixed up? What, I don't think, are there any pills that are like, take this with alcohol? I think. No, no, no. But there are some words like explicitly like, don't, don't drink with, with this or it'll cause like effects or whatever. Mm, that's fair. Not all of them, but most, most of them. <laughs> no okay. one's going to recommend you take it with alcohol. That would be very strange. That's what I'm saying, though, where I'm saying, so, like, there's no pills you should be taking with alcohol. It's mentioned in the movie, but I don't think it ends up being very important that she's also, a, maybe it is a little bit, she's a child psychologist as well, so she, like, knows something's wrong with her brain, but, like, she also has a her own therapist. Well, it's real. child psychology is different than adult psychology, but yeah. the thing I was thinking about is at the end of it, she's a bad child psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that at the end of the movie. Probably because of her mental health. Yeah, but, so she's not very good at her job, but yeah, so the psychologist needing help is not an uncommon thing. It's just, uh, I don't know, I thought, I don't, I don't know if that was really, maybe that was like the relevant, okay, so. Probably relevant in the book. Well, I was actually going to say too, it's like a, Things we don't want to go into spoilers, but it, that might be re- a relevant thing is to be like cover up a cover up the reveal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a pile of leaves, which we can get into eventually. Uh, so want to go? Can I go into like a couple specific things with this? Oh, yes, with please. Details of this, and we'll go kind of through the general plot because this entire movie we're talking about because of how weird it is. I'm gonna leave that in just so you can <laughs> just so you can live with that. Oh, it's a shame. <laughs> so, first thing I want to say, okay, so here's how the movie went for me when I was watching it. Because actually, this movie was fascinating for a weird way. So, it's a very cliche hit or rear window um, movie, essentially. Like, you know, person locked in a house, sees something crazy, there, nobody believes them for reasons. They're a criminal, they're on meds, they're whatever. This one just had like a lot of extremes like that. But it almost like ended up being like an extreme cliche movie in the end, and that'll be I'll get to that in the end. But the so it starts off with first uh, the kid comes over and is like, "Oh hey, my mom got you this for all the neighbors." And I like I don't know I I've never moved into a neighborhood and people randomly give me candles, but I don't know, maybe that's like a New York thing. <laughs> the kid was not a very good actor. Uh, so I can't even remember where I remember him from. Yeah, so the kid, so the kid gives like this, and then. Kid's acting a little bit weird and stuff, and like looks over his dad across the window, and so it's like kind of like a single tear rolls down his eye. I'm sure it was placed there because he's probably not a good actor. <laughs> um, I don't know. I it's definitely not. Like, I, I, I'm, not I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a good judging of this, but so then the like the gorephobic Amy Adams like lends him some movies, and it's like, yeah, you come over here whenever you need to. The next comes in the mother, Jane Fisher. And then they have a night, and then she's kind of like, she kind of comes in, and Amy Adams is on edge, but then they end up drinking and being like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, she's popping pills with, like, the wine, and then, uh, oh, God, who's the, uh, who's the mom? Who's Jane Fisher? Um, it's Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, that's where I forget. So Julianne Moore comes in, and she's like, oh, hey, 
you're not supposed to pop those with alcohol. Ha ha ha. And then they kind of make like a weird joke how she's like good at reading things and she draws like a picture for her and it's like she signs it and it's like a thing. And then she's all like kind of evasive about like the husband and shit like that. And then she leaves. And then eventually the husband kind of comes over and the, uh, the husband kind of comes over, and when he walked in, because I, I didn't know anything about this movie going into it, I actually laughed out loud. It's Gary Oldman. He's a very old man in this movie, and I actually laughed out loud because I wasn't expecting Gary Oldman to be the abuse, to be, to be the abuse, the abuse of father. I mean, were you really not expecting it to be Gary Oldman? I wasn't expecting it to be Gary Oldman. I don't know why. It was just like, it threw me off. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I was going to say there's, like, lots of weird shots in this movie. Like, there's lots of kind of weird shots, and you can almost say it's because of um, Amy Adams' like psychosis with, like, her kind of being a bit like, I'm a crazy lady. So there's, like, some interesting kind of weird shots in it. Yeah. And the tension all kind of builds up, though, when she sees Julianne Moore stabbed in the apartment across the street. She's like, oh, my God, who done it? She thinks it was the abusive father. And then there's, like, a whole thing that comes in with, like, no, I'm the real mother comes in. And the fake real mother is, I, I thought this was an interesting detail, is the uh, sister that everyone hates on Weeds. Nancy's sister that's, like, a really oh, yeah. hateable character. She sucks. I just think it was funny how she just plays unlikable women. She just she always plays an unlikable woman in everything. I think, yeah, that's, that's so cute. I think that's her thing. I think she's, she's good at playing an off-putting woman. I think that's a good role to play in movies. It's respectable. I don't know her name. <laughs> She's so off-putting. Uh, but then, uh, what do you want to... Um, what do you... Do you want to say anything else about that before we go into more uh, detail or spoilery stuff? Well, it's... I feel like this is about when stuff starts getting a little bit more janky. Because I feel like there's, like, scenes that must have been cut out. Um, and, like... Like, uh, she ha she lives in this huge house, like, this huge, like, house in New York, or Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, and she rents out the basement to the sketchy guy. She rents out the basement. And then to a sketchy the, guy. One more thing to look out for. Sketchy well, guy across the street, sketchy guy in her basement. That's what I'm trying to get at, is at the beginning, he, like, he comes up and, like, because since she can't come outside, he seems like a really nice guy, and, like, he's trying to help her like with the mold get take the garbage out and Remember the mold and the skylight yeah um and then it feels like there's something missing there with the progression of his character because then because then then it's very suddenly like he's like aggressive and it just feels like there's a piece missing with how that happened how it went from one to the other i actually have an opinion about that mm -hmm. i was gonna say I thought about that too, and I thought it kind of got excessive in the point when he like kind of pinned her against the wall. But I thought about it in like another way, where I'm like, maybe because that guy, like he he was in Black Mirror, and I thought he was pretty. I thought he was good when he's acting in that. Oh yeah. Um. So something I was thinking about is that what if it's like the progression of the like he's really helpful at first, and he's like trying to be helping her, but she's kind of like escalating and invading his privacy. Like she's kind of calling him in the middle of the night, going downstairs and stuff. And then she ends up when he when he does something that corners her. At that point, she went into his space in the door she has access to and was, like, looking at his mail. Yeah. She didn't, like, open up or anything like that, right? But he just walked into her when she was, like, doing that. 
as she was like kind of doing that. And so it's kind of like a, I almost saw it as like a thing because he kind of, he also becomes like more like, because it's not even when he's doing that, he kind of becomes in between there when she's like, oh, hey, have you heard of this? Have you seen the mom? He's like, no, I haven't seen the mom. He's like a little bit more agitated with her. I thought it was like almost like a progression. Like he had decent progression for like, like, okay, I agree that when he pinned her. It was against too the, sudden. There was not enough. No, I agree that I think that the the extreme moment he went, which was like maybe overdone, was there was a point when he put both his hands up against the wall and has her like in between him. I was like, if he hadn't done that, I think that would have been a perfect amount of progression between he's like he's being a bit more intimidating because he's starting to get fed up with her, but he's not yeah. like enclosing her in his arms. So that was like that was like over the line. Also, at that point in the movie, it's it's said that he's lived there already for for like eight months so it's kind of a long time oh actually yeah so it's not like he's oh. a new roommate like she doesn't know him oh i thought it was like i thought it was like a roommate but i thought it was like a new tenant thing i thought he was like just recently moved in so that was like it was a short lived no thing. like they know each other oh i didn't know that shit okay that's okay so that's why it was like that's dumb though okay that's, suddenly that is okay that's really sudden okay i thought that was like i think he like just moved in and this is like them that would have made more like, sense <laughs> yeah if he was like he just your he brain just, trying to make it make sense he just moved in it's like his first couple weeks and there he's trying to be helpful you know he's like in a honeymoon phase when you move in with somebody i thought that okay so fuck okay that's okay that's weird then that's that's stupid yeah <laughs> um do you want to go into like the full spoilers though because that's like the uh, a lot of the, what i want to talk about with the mm-hmm. i think it's hilarious yes i do so the reveal so the escalation is kind of go, goes up she's investigating the father and like the father's assistant mysteriously died and then they re- he relocated jobs and it's like oh what's up cops don't believe her anymore because she pops pills as much as she drinks then the reveal comes in with um, she finds the damning piece of evidence that can prove that Julianne Moore was in her place when she said it was, and she didn't just make it up in her head. Oh yeah, because that's the thing too, because everyone's like the the family is trying to gaslight her across the street, and be like she never Julianne Moore never came over here. You're crazy. She was never here, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the reveal is that the kid, the bad actor kid, is the was the killer. And so he's like the killer, and this is like what I really want to talk about because that was fucking amazing, <laughs> not in a good way. This is amazing in a terrible way. Like watching that thing on YouTube of the girl say "Go, wow!" Like I like watching that. Have you ever seen that? Mm. Yeah, that's like an old viral thing. I'll show you after the podcast. But it's like this girl; she's holding a leash of the dog, and she's like "Go," and the dog like rips, but then she gets pulled down, like she just planks, and she's like "Wow." And she's fine, but like it's just <laughs> kind of funny because it's like such an immediate like cause effect of the thing. So I thought about that with this kid where it just made me laugh and like I was so bad it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, where he wants to be, but he wants to be a serial killer, but it's like he's new with it too. Where he's like, "Yeah, I want to kill my like dad's assistant. I don't quite know what I want to do yet, like what my thing wants to be, but I know I just want to do it. This is what I want to do." And then he's kind of like trying to be creepy and play look creepy and like freak her out and stuff like that. And he's like, it's like he's <laughs> trying to be kooky. It kind of looks. He's bit, trying too hard. A little bit reminded me of like Homer when you know in that Treehouse of Horror episode when he's in The Shining, he's acting kooky. He's like zoop dee doop da doo. Like that's what that made me think of, where it's like just overacting to try to be creepy to creep somebody out. That's what this kid felt like yeah. he was doing. <laughs> like I just thinking of Homer in Treehouse of Horror. Um, but so here here are my notes for this too. So. Of course, it's raining when this is all happening, too, because it's always raining when there's a climax of a cliche ripoff of a Hitchcockian movie. And um, and I wrote, lol, rain. Uh, they end up escalating, though, because also, as we all know, climaxes always end up on rooftops because 
we can all just get onto our roofs so easily from all of our houses that we have that are well those kind of I mean there's a door to the roof because it's fine. Brooklyn oh yes I guess oh yeah I forgot sorry I forgot fifty percent of movies are filmed in New York so <laughs> <laughs> anyway though so everyone in Brooklyn can do that so the rest of the world can't access the roof though <laughs> but either way so they always get up on the goddamn roof and then. Oh, they're fighting and rolling around on the skylight, the moldy skylight, that uh, aggressive back of downward tunnel. He died, by the way. He got stabbed by the kid. So, but the, the skylight that's moldy is they're fighting on top of that. I'm sad when he died. I said, oh, it was a bit sad, but like, because again, I like him as an actor. But again, I feel like that he was kind of giving off the whole, okay, going back, going back to him too. I thought the thing about him is he might be bluffing. I thought he might be like bluffing with her, like, because he didn't want to get kicked out. He knows he's vulnerable, so I thought about him. Him threatening her might have been like him trying to bluff because he's he's vulnerable mm-hmm. as a, a thing. So I thought it might have been posturing. That aside, though, so yeah, she's fighting with the kid on the roof, um, and he falls through the skylight. There's this great shot of him climbing her in the face of the garden tool, which I thought was awesome. It was intense. Yeah, that was like it was fucking intense. That's what I mean. Where this movie yeah, had good shots. Part of the movie just didn't make any sense with the rest of the movie. It was like. Strange it's, choice. It's a climax. It, no, but like the tone of the movie entirely changes. It's like you're watching a different movie all of a sudden. It's well, you're watching the end of every thriller movie of all time. It's always in the roof. They're on the roof. It's raining, and they're fighting the sharp things, and then someone falls through a skylight or a window or the roof. It just didn't make sense with the tone. Oh, what do you mean? I thought that's how they all end. No. Well, obviously, like rear window didn't end on the roof because the dude had a broken leg. But like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Either way, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm being a bit general with this, with this too, but I just thought it was funny because it just seemed to get, like, go super kind of cliche popcorn horror movie in the end. Um, one thing I was wondering, though, about the whole protagonist, though, and I don't know, because obviously Amy Adams is a great actress, so I didn't know if this was intentional, though, but she wasn't, like, super likable, too, because, like, the big reveal with her, too, is that she's having, like, an ongoing affair with her husband. Or, no, sorry, she's having an ongoing affair um, uh, was like with somebody that was like to the point where she was on a family vacation and the dude called her in the middle of the family vacation. So it was that's when what, they were driving. When they were driving, oh, that was the in thing. A storm. Well, that was the thing too. She was like, "Oh yeah, let's." She's she's driving. She reaches behind for her phone in the middle of the storm. Was the dumbest thing ever because I was like, "That's how her family dies," or like the kid died and the husband left her. No, they're not with her anymore. No, they're they not real. Died. Oh, they both died. I forgot. They're talking. Sorry, I forgot. She's looks crazy. So they're talking to her on the phone through the entire movie, and it turns out they're not real. She's hallucinating <laughs> that. So she is hallucinating. Sorry, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess these men. These movies are like really similar because there's like hallucinations and shit like that. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. They're all small sets. All three women lead hallucinating on small sets. Yeah, that's. I mean, I it was kind of by accident. I just watched all of these movies, and then I realized, um. I, then I realized that I was like, okay, these kind of, it's kind of a set. They're all, you it know, kind of is. They're way. all they're all completely different, but they have these things in common, and that's why I want to talk about them. No, I think that's interesting, and I'm happy that I'm happy that I watched them. Basically, the the our female actresses that was redundant. <laughs> um, our female leads carry these movies, like like Women in the Window isn't that great. But Amy Adams carries that shit on her back. That was actually a weird thing I wanted to point out too. So weird thing about I'll think about the casting in this. So 
obviously, Oxygen has the French actress, which is like I think European actors don't make as much as American ones. So she's like, so she's well, it's probably, a French movie. Too. It's a French movie too. So it's like smaller. So you know what I mean. So like low. Think about low casting budget for that. Um, Adrift got Shaylee Woodley. I don't recognize the British guy at all. So again, they just had they didn't have another not big time actress. So small acting budget. But Woman in the Window had Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, um, the fucking Falcon from Disney Plus, uh, <laughs> and Julianne Moore. So they had they had a bunch of people, and that's kind of what made me think the funnier about this movie, where it's like this had a arguably had a more seasoned cast, not even like a not even like a more expensive cast, like a more seasoned expensive cast, and it still like just wasn't a great movie. That's kind of funny though, in the things, and I don't know who that kid was, but I even recognized him a little bit. I think I've seen him in something else. Uh, I was wondering if you thought it was intentional that Amy Adams wasn't really likable at the end, especially with that reveal with like that she just like everything about her sucks. Like it's like she's not only like she's okay, so she's spying on her neighbors. She's like alcoholic and popping pills, and she's kind ignoring of, the advice of her therapist, pushing the pushing the boundaries of her neighbor. Um. And yeah, she's worried about the people across the street, which is a thing, right? But she's kind of like just not a good person in general. Is that kind of like the... I think that that is supposed to be a point of it. But then they have the whole thing at the end where she's like, yeah, no, she really sucks. She literally, like, caused the death of her family through her fuckery and bad driving in the middle of a snowstorm. In the middle of a snowstorm. Although you could make an argument that she was reaching for the phone, though, she doesn't want her husband to pick up for a fair phone. So, like, you can almost make the argument that's why she fucked up like that. But it was still, like, excessively dumb way for everyone to die. Yeah, well, it was also dumb of the husband to be like, uh, why don't I answer it? Why don't I answer the phone if it's your lover or whatever? Well, he's starting a fight. I think I made, I made that note, So then too. she, like, tries to grab the phone away from him or whatever, and then swerves off the road. Well, I think I made a joke. I made a thing, a thing about that in my notes where I was like, why are they having a fucking huge fight in the middle of a snowstorm on a highway? That's, like, the dumbest <laughs> place to be fucking fighting. Like... I know that you have your marriage issues and you're on a trip right now, but this is not the time to be fighting. So I thought that entire thing was dumb because, like, from everything about that was just, like... Well, that's the thing about fiction. You need shit to happen. You need shit to happen to have shit to happen. And that's kind of the thing where, like... Like I said, arguably, the Shaley Woodley was the most grounded movie, or Drift was the most grounded movie because it was, like, this trying to survive on a boat. But Oxygen had the withholding of information flaw. And then, yeah, this one had kind of, like, a... Another kind of a weird thing going on. Um, well, there's a lot of things I think like directionally were changed, and because of probably focus group, maybe there was a different ending before, and then they were like, no, it needs to be more pizzazz, and then they're like, because I know there was I've read it, there was like a bunch of reshoots mm-hmm. for this movie and blah de blah, but um, uh, also like when it's finally revealed that. Her family is actually dead um and why uh there's a there's like a shot where you can see her putting snow into her daughter's mouth and it was just so random hmm. and so apparently in the book which makes more sense for her whole fucking character um after that crash since it's like in the middle of nowhere um i guess they were still kind of like alive so she was they were so she's doesn't want to go outside ever again she she basically can't physically make herself go outside Mm. Or she gets a panic attack. Because after that, she was stranded out there in the middle of nowhere for days. Mm. For multiple days. And she was the reason why they she was putting snow in her daughter's mouth was like to keep her hydrated. 
but then they did end, end up dying. That also doesn't work. That was that also was like you're, they. I know, I know, that. but like I didn't write the I didn't write the book, but yeah, like yeah. why not include that information, but include this shot in the movie that makes no sense of her stuffing snow in her daughter's mouth. Well, I thought that also had the cliche thing. It was the, weird. It also has a cliche thing at the end, though, where now her agoraphobia is magically solved after this traumatic thing. Oh my god, a lot of people hated that, too. Well, again, that, that's a cliche, though. That's, that's like, that happens. That, I know, but that's that, that's in a lot. That's what I'm saying, though. These agoraphobia locked-in-your-house movies where someone has a, it's the in-house movie, then all of a sudden they have the strength to leave after. That's like a fucking cliche shit. That's what I'm saying. The ending is They're traumatized, cliche as And then they get even more traumatized, and somehow that makes them better <laughs> yeah like that's what i mean though the whole the cliche of like you someone has a mental condition in a movie then that shit happens and then they get over it that's like such a huge thing that's what i'm saying though we're like it wasn't like this movie's ending had a cliche from one movie it took like five cliches from five movies from <laughs> one movie that was already a been remade so many times as like from a, from again hitchcock the rear rear window mm-hmm. or yeah it's yeah, rear window so this movie was like fascinating for a different reason, kind of like and just like looking at a corpse. We're just like, who made this? How? What caused <laughs> this to happen? Be on my table. Let's dissect it. Uh, any final thoughts about um? Oh shit! What was the movie called again? The woman in the window. Right. So, if you were gonna rate it on a scale, on if we're talking about cat lives, how many cat lives would you give this movie? Two. Two cat lives? Okay. That's fair. Two out of nine cat lives. That's, that's a solid amount. Okay. Any uh, closing thoughts, though, for uh, first uh, at the movies with Gummy Bear? This was fun. This was. We should structure it better the next time, though, and do like a thing where oh, like, yeah, plot, sure. plot, shooting, and similar <laughs> things like that. I was like thinking about like how for like my like the game review we did. It was just, it's like, all chaos here. It's all chaos on the city. We're figuring out how we, how to do shit, but we're getting better slowly. I have my structure notes for like our main show. Excellent. So yeah, um, tune in. Oh shit, we're recording this on May the 9th? It's June. June, June the ninth. So this will be up next Monday, and then after that, it'll be another mainline episode of Canadian Pirate Cast, uh, where I want to I want to do research into John Horgan. Premier and learn what the Canadian governor does. So, <laughs> yes, our next full episode will be out on June twenty first. That'll be it, and this one will be out on June fourteenth. June fourteenth. Cool. Seven days in a week is how math works. <laughs> um. Anyway, thank you though for anyone that tuned in this time to um, listen to us ramble about movies. Uh. And hopefully we'll hear from you next time. Please uh, contact us soon through our stuff that we're going to have listed after this podcast. And go check out Pew Pew on Twitch. His beard is amazing. I'm going to double check these on Twitch. I'm not completely sure about that, but his beard is on point. Fantastic. Yeah. um, Hopefully everyone will be waiting in high anticipation for the beard episode. The beard episode. Alright, well, until then, take care, everyone. Don't be afraid, be aware. And we'll see you next time. In a couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling at the wind won't do much good.
Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast today. If you'd like to know more about what we talked about, sources are in the description. And if you'd like to contact us, ask questions or give feedback or anything, you can email us at canadianpiratecast at gmail.com or follow Beckham Kid on Facebook and Beckham underscore kid on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page for Canadian Pirate Cast. We appreciate anyone taking the time to talk to us, and that's all in the description. Bye!